from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Part of the thing I love about having The Drive is uh, it's every day, right? It's, 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 you hear stories of like Saturday Night Live members, they have a bad show and it ruins their week or they, they mm-hmm. tell, they step on a joke and it's like, well, now I'm, I'm going to hate myself for seven days. Uh, if I miss something on a, say, Tuesday. Yeah. The Wednesday show is right there for it's me. It's right there. So yesterday. Just uh, don't screw up on Friday. <laughs> no, that weekend. That's a rough one. Uh, ESPN Bet branded itself. Uh, it's a sports book, Penn National Gaming, uh, Penn Entertainment, branded their their sports book, ESPN Bet. And we talked about it briefly yesterday because ESPN is one of the bigger and 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 batter right one of the the big bad bullies in the 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 sports media world so we talked about it for a little bit and i missed the biggest thing what was that this is going to be controversial as heck Mm. and i just i i i don't know if it escaped me at the moment but but here we go do you remember when when shams uh sham sharanya uh who works for fanduel television fanduel tv fanduel which is another sports book uh tweeted about the Hornets' number two overall draft pick in the NBA draft? Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, for those of you that don't, I'll give you the, the, the little breakdown here. Uh, it was very obvious for many, many weeks, many, many months, that Brandon Miller was going to be the the number two overall pick, right? And, and that's what all of the sports books reflected. It was uh, Miller was the overwhelming favorite to be the number two pick. Miller was the overwhelming favorite to be drafted by the Hornets with the number two pick. And then just a day or two before the draft, Sham Sharanya, who is an NBA insider and has been for a while and has broken big news, um, who works for FanDuel, tweeted out something along the lines of, uh, hey, the, the Hornets are thinking about Scoot Henderson at number two. They brought him in for a workout. Some in the organization really like Scoot Henderson for number two overall. And just with that tweet, bunch of people, and and there was a great article, I believe, in The Athletic uh, that quoted people that, based on that tweet, like they were, you know, sports gamblers that ran to the sports book and started betting on Scoot Henderson to go number two. And and the the the, the numbers, the, the odds swung wildly from Brandon Miller to Scoot Henderson. Then the draft comes around, and turns out it was Brandon Miller. And then Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, another NBA insider, immediately just says, it was always Brandon Miller. There was never any doubt. My sources inside the the Hornets organization, they never wavered. And then the accusation started, right? Because it could appear as if Sham Sharanya just swung the markets and and made a lot of people go bet on Scoot Henderson in a way that may have made his employer, the parent company, FanDuel, a whole bunch of money off of one tweet. It was a, it was a controversy there for a while, and I know that sports gambling isn't isn't legal here in, in Carolina, North Carolina yet, but it was legal where I was living at the time, and this was big news. That exact situation is going to happen time and time and time again with ESPN having an ESPN-branded sportsbook. Because ESPN, in some ways, can actually impact the outcome of games, right? Flex scheduling and things, uh, you know, small ways, but they could, right? 
I mean, it happens with college football and college basketball. Why do you think you get nine o'clock tip-offs? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and 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 you know, oh, is everybody betting on Team X? All right, well, let's have them play seventy-five road games in a row. Like that. Like obviously not that much of an exaggeration, but they can impact actual games. And even if they can't, they can impact betting lines with information that they choose or don't choose to get out to the public. Right? I know people that have been uh, color commentators, play-by-play commentators. They meet with teams usually on Thursday for a Saturday game. And guess what? They get information about injuries. They get information about trick plays that might be run. They get information about a whole bunch of stuff. You don't think injuries affect gambling lines? Of course they do. That's why we have injury reports in the NFL. <laughs> or really, literally. literally. That's, that's, that's 100% yes. the reason why we have injury reports. And and um, I think I saw uh, Brian Kelly's going to start putting out two injury reports per week for LSU because he's tired of his assistants being hounded by sports books. Yeah. So he's like, I'll just I'll tell you twice a week. So uh, so ESPN will control whether that information from production meetings gets out. Thus, they'll control whether the lines get moved or not. And then on top of that, right? Say, say uh, we'll use the ACC as an example because we're an ACC market, right? Uh, we're we're at a ACC kickoff a couple weeks ago, and the uh, ACC network is there, and there's the the uh, desk, right, with the all the analysts, the talking heads around it. What if there's a game? We'll say, well, actually, we'll use like last year's Carolina uh, uh, State game. North UNC against NC State. What if uh, Eddie Royal, who was at the desk, EJ Manuel, who was at the desk, Eric McLean, we actually played a clip of him earlier from ACC Network coverage, Kelsey Riggs, Mark Richt are having a conversation, and they're talking about how much North Carolina should win, right? Oh, gosh, they have Drake May, and they have Josh Downs, and they have this guy and that guy. It's so obvious. I'm just making this up hypothetical. But then obviously State goes on to win the game with their fourth quarterback of the year or whatever it was. And and it it looks from the outside as if those four or five individuals may have just influenced a whole bunch of people to bet on Carolina because it was a stone-cold lead pipe block. And then all of those lost bets just put money in the pockets of the people that signed their checks. That is controversial. Mm-hmm. And and here's the worst part about it. They might have just meant truly in their evaluation that Carolina should have won that game, right? There's no definitive anything that anything nefarious happened. But it's sure going sure to be tempting to look like, look like it, right? It's sure going to be tempting to accuse it. Because I don't know about you, but if you've ever lost again, and uh, hopefully, you know, those of you in that remain and stay in the state of North Carolina have been obeying laws, but I, I've, I've, I've dabbled in sports gambling. And when you lose a bet that you think is a stone-cold lead pipe block, you are looking for somebody to blame. Just to make yourself feel better, right? You are looking for somebody to blame because it couldn't have been you. There must have been something wrong here. There must have been something going on here. It's going to happen time and time and time again. That's and and that's why the, the like certain partnerships are not allowed to happen. Not because um you know the 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 bad thing will happen, but to prevent the possibility of the public thinking the bad thing is happening. Like it, it, I mean how would you feel if a ref worked for a, a sports book? 
right? You wouldn't like that. Well, how is it? How is, I mean, it's different, but not very, right? You can directly impact the game. The ref can do it more obviously and more immediately, but, but it, it still can happen. I would say that they would have more impact on the line. Like yes. the betting line. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, the whole yeah. situation. And, and, and not the actual game itself. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'll give you that. Yeah. The, it, it's, they have less, significantly less immediate impact. Mm-hmm. But my, my point is, um, even if a ref, this is what I meant to, but let, let me backtrack on the referee comment. Um, a referee, even if they are like a, like a, a coder, right? Even if they have no direct impact on what's going on at the sports book, I don't want the checks being signed by the sports book for the ref. You know what I mean? If their day job, because all NFL refs have uh, have day jobs, is as a uh, IT person for a, a nationally recognized sports book, it's gonna feel gross, and that shouldn't be allowed. And and if if somebody else like a analyst or like an insider that has their checks signed by ESPN is now having their checks signed by a sports book. Cause ESPN bet is a sports book. It's still like, you might not be able to actually impact the thing, or you might not actually have any connection to the thing. You might not be sharing a Microsoft teams video chat with the, the bookmakers, but, but I still don't like how close that relationship is. Mm-hmm. And if I lo- if I win a bet, you're fine. If I lose a bet, I've got problems. And it's going to happen time and time and time again. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly here on 99.9 The Fan. Uh, the Eric Bieniemy situation that's going on. Oh, yeah, up in Washington. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it on Monday. I thought it was going to be a one-day conversation, mm-hmm. right? Because I said, man, it's crazy how many reporters are reporting that Eric Bieniemy is yelling at players for things that I don't think professional athletes get yelled at for very often. Breaking the huddle and running to the the uh, the line of scrimmage, right? Having energy the moment you walk on the field in a morning practice. So we talked about it on Monday, like, hey, this guy might need to chill a little, but uh, he's trying to change the culture. And then guess what happened? On Tuesday, we had to talk about it again. Why? Because Ron Rivera told the public, told the media – that players had come to him, players had gone to the head coach to complain about the intensity of the coordinator. Do we have some audio from there? We do. All right, I just got the thumbs up. Let's hear straight from Mr. Rivera. A lot of these young guys, you know, they do struggle with certain certain things. Um, and a lot of you also got to take for where they've been. I mean, guys coming from certain programs are used to it. Guys come from other programs aren't as much. So, you, you know, us as a coach – you know, I, I kind of have to assimilate and get a feel for everybody. You know, Eric has an approach, and it's the way he does things, and he's not going to change and, and, and because he believes in it. Jack has his approach. You know, um, having been a head coach, I think Jack has a tendency to try and figure guys out a little bit more as opposed to, hey, this is it, this is the way it's going to be, that type of stuff, where Eric Eric hasn't had that 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 uh, that experience yet. Just that when they came to you, it was just they felt like Eric was riding them too hard? or Well, um they they just were a little concerned. Okay. And then and then by the way, today 
Ron Rivera had to go out and read a prepared apology statement, essentially, where he said he, he put his foot in his mouth. He wasn't trying to compare Jack Del Rio to Biennemi. Biennemi's great coach. Blah, blah, blah. So now we're on our third day of this. And, and here's the thing. This is one of the things I like to remind people. Um, just because sports are involved doesn't mean this is like a game where there has to be one winner and one loser. Right? This is not like, okay, who was right and who was wrong. In some cases in life, everybody can be a winner. In yeah. other cases in life, everybody can be a loser. And anywhere in the middle, right? You could have three losers, one winner, one winner, four losers. You could you could have you could have ten winners and one loser, right? It's it's not like a game where two teams will enter and one will leave a winner and one a loser. There are three groups that are wrong here. The players, wrong for how they handled it. The enemy, wrong for how he's treating the players. Rivera, wrong on multiple accounts. The players, guess what? If you don't like the way a coach is treating you, and and by the way, this is different than high school, this is different than college, this is different than Pop Warner. If you're all professionals, you're all adults, you all have you know mortgages or whatever, like you're all uh, members of the community. You're more coworkers than you are like superior and and subordinate, right? Mm-hmm. You go to that coach. Hey, coach, listen, man, what are you looking for? We're trying to give you what you want. You're obviously not happy. Like, I don't need you, you, you know, cursing me out every day. Like, what, what, what's, what's the disconnect here? Let's, let's have a conversation. That's what the players should have done. The enemy should have noticed that he's treating his, his professional athletes like high schoolers and said something's not connecting here if I have to keep doing this. Right, I shouldn't have to be yelling at you for effort. I'm, I'll yell at you if you have a missed assignment. I'll yell at you if you, uh, you know, have poor execution. Right, you you make the right decision, you make the bad play. Like that, I'm going to yell at you for that. But I shouldn't have to keep yelling at you for energy. So again, what do you do? You get your coworkers in a room. Let's figure this out. Let's not let this get public. Ron Rivera, what what's that last thing I just said? Let's not let this thing get public. Yeah, that's the last thing you got to do. I mean that's what's adding on to this to keep it in house. Well, what what did they? What's going on with the enemy? Oh, he's an intense guy. Yeah, players are getting used to it. That's it. Story done. The enemy's a great coach. He's got two Super Bowl rings. I was going to say he's uh, he's changing the standards yeah, of our offense. A little different. We're getting used to it. That's it. Yeah, he's changing the standards. Okay. I, this comes back to something I've said about Ron Rivera for a while. It's too nice. Ron Rivera seems like a great guy, right? Like. Do you know who I would love to have as my next-door neighbor? Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera. You're out of town. Guess who's bringing your trash cans up? Ron Rivera, right? Who's who's picking up your packages off the front porch when he knows you're away for the long weekend? Ron Rivera. Like, he just seems like a great guy, right? When you're walking the dog and he's out doing his lawn and you're going to have a 10-minute conversation, it's going to be lovely. But also, guess what? Ron Rivera's move when the players come to him to complain about Eric Bieniemy should have been much more mean. Not, oh, well, why don't you go talk to Eric and figure it out? They come in, and do and you know what you say? All right, how big of a problem is this? Big problem? All right, I'm going to get Eric in here right now. You guys are going to hash it out. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to watch. And if either of you want to go ahead and, and, and uh, uh, kind of tiptoe around the conversation, I'm just going to cut to the middle of it because I can't have this be a thing. That's one option. The other option is... You're mad at me. You're coming to me because he's yelling at you. 
Get out of here. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm the head coach of an NFL football team, and you're coming in here with you're getting yelled at? No, uh, don't do the thing you're getting yelled at for. See ya. That, that, that's, you can't be too nice in every situation, right? If, if every single disagreement needs a, I grew up in Hawaii, the Hawaiian culture calls them a ho'oponopono, which is essentially like a a long conversation to air out everyone's feelings. If you need to do that in in, in a locker room, you're going to be there all day, every day, just figuring it out. Everyone here, players coordinator coach made a mountain of a molehill and that's bad in the nfl and guess what all three of them could have stopped it right the enemy yells at the players they could have ended the cycle of chaos by simply saying all right i guess he's gonna yell at me i'm gonna try to to get better the enemy could have ended the cycle of chaos by saying the players are obviously not responding to my tough love let me figure out a different type of love to give them different type of coaching and Rivera could have nipped it in the bud simply by being a head coach and saying, this will not be a thing. Right? It's it's the parent of sibling move. You're fighting over the television? Fine. Here's what's going to happen. Right? You have five minutes to agree on something to watch, or I'm taking the remote, I'm turning it off, I'm changing the Wi-Fi, and you're not going to watch. Sometimes you just have to kind of be the the head coach in the room. Not the nice guy. What new development could come in this situation by tomorrow? I thought this was a one-day conversation on Monday. Mm -hmm. Then there was a new development on Tuesday. Then there was a new development on Wednesday. What else could happen here? Think players are going to sit out? Could we have an agent? Could we have a holdout? Ooh. We'll see. Doubt Uh, that. So do I. I, If if that happens, start over. Is he yelling at Sam Howell? I mean, let's be real, and and we were talking about this off air. That's there's so many good storylines in Washington, and all anyone wants to talk about, all the media is asking the coaches and players about, is Eric Bieniemy yelling at you? Uh, like Sam Howell is gonna what are we a month out from the opening opening game? If that, yeah, it, it's 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 crunch time. It's crunch time. I think it's four weeks tomorrow. Four, yeah. So there you go, a month. Sam Howell gonna be ready. Well, I don't know. First, we have to settle this dispute between some of our players and our coordinator who's who's mean. <laughs> really? He's a mean son. He, oh, he has no bedside manner. Granted, we're on a field, not a bed, but still. No sideline manner? Is that a thing? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe they need it to be. Uh, there's somewhere right now some old school football person going just, oh, today's players. Oh, yeah, you know it. Jack Ham didn't get mad when you yelled at him. <laughs> Though he did hold out once. Riggins doesn't get mad when you yell at him. Deisman snapped his leg, and he still was okay getting yelled at. Is that a thing? I don't know. You know what I will say about the Panthers? What's that? The biggest stories out of Panthers camp have been the stories that I think they should be. They've been Bryce Young. They've been Brian Burns. They've been Justin Houston signing. They've been the wide receivers. That That's good. It's about what's been on the field. It's good. The, the very minimal on the off-the-field distractions. No circus. Exactly. No, no, that's no circus. I mean, even the Jets have come to town, which is the circus, uh-huh. and they, they've still managed to keep it mostly about what's on the field. And I, that's, that's lovely. That's very, very appreciated from this corner of, uh, of the media. 
Brian Burns. You know, actually, this might be part of it, right? Brian Burns, we're going to replay a clip here of him talking about how they actually played meaningful games late in the season last year, right? They were in the playoff race. And and that might lead to a, hey, no distractions here, right? Like, we're, we're in the mix now. The, we want to get that last step. Let's let's lock in on what's on the field. I appreciate that. Here's Brian Burns on the meaningful games they played last season. You know, just to have that that taste and that feel of uh, being that close. You know, it was some it's something that I never felt before. So there's a little bit of, little bit of pressure, but I'm glad I got that feeling. So now going down down the stretch, now I won't be. You know what I'm saying? I won't have all that weight on my shoulders. I'll, you know, what I'm saying lock in and do what I have to do. Go right. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's what we're talking about with this. Are they a playoff team? Right. I can I can at the same time say. Uh, Bryce Young's development is the most important thing in the season, but also if they make the playoffs, that will pay dividends into the future. And they also had to deal with all the distraction and stuff with Matt Rule getting fired mm. and then some guys on their staff leaving during the season to go be on Rule staff at Nebraska. So they had to go through all that stuff last year already. So and, they and, they, and they got it. to meaningful games. And, and they got to meaningful games. So they've already been through that experience, and it's like, oh, okay, the Jets are in town. Hard Knocks is here. Cool. And, and and Brian Burns is saying he's better because of it because he just played meaningful regular season games, right? It's he, it's not like they made it to the conference championship. They just played end of the season games where the most important thing wasn't the the draft pick, and and he's like we're better because of it. And so just imagine how much better they would be if if they make it to the first round, right? If they make it to the the divisional round out of the wild card round or whatever it is, that's that's important. So go go chase lofty goals. Uh, Frank Reich talked to the media after today's joint practice. Here's his reactions on how it went. I thought the tempo was good. thought it was physical. thought it was fast. thought, you know, there was good competition. You know, I, I think we held the line pretty tight, you know, on a couple of the skirmishes, nothing serious. So, um, and then, you know, there's, there's always going to be, there's good and there's bad on tape. So, but overall, uh, happy with how the day went. I like that. Productive day. I like that. That's all you need. And and the the thing that he mentioned, there's good and bad on tape. I like that even more because he's not saying yes. they were perfect. He's saying, no, oh, no, no, it's good because we had good and bad on tape, right? The whole this is the time to make mistakes. Let's learn from them. Uh, learn from our wins. Learn from our losses. Right? Uh, you either win or you learn. I don't know all the the coaching cliches that he uses, mm-hmm. but uh, but it's good. That's what a joint practice is for. That's why they're there. And uh, and hopefully there's more of it tomorrow.